What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Plain Sight Podcast. My name is Alex. I'm here with my good old buddies, my good old pals, Cam Jordan. Cam, what up? Hey, man, dude. I'm just super pumped to talk about Christmas Bruce Almighty. (laughs) (laughs) Zachary Kuyat. Zach, how you doing? Man, I was really thinking we might just get into some contract law for a while, but that sounds like more fun. (laughs) Man, so we're talking Santa Claus, Tim Allen Santa Claus. We're not just talking about Santa Claus, the man, the myth, the legend. Specifically, the movie starring Tim Allen, Santa can, Claus. Can I ask a Tim Allen question? Yes, please. Is Tim Allen the same character in every single thing he's ever played? Yeah, let me give you a Tim Allen answer to your Tim Allen question. Yes. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear, Santa Claus, Tim the Toolman Taylor, all the same. Dude in Last Man Standing, I don't know his... No, not Last... Yep. Yeah, yeah, Last yeah, Man yeah. Standing, you're right. Yeah, it's all the same. You, pull, you managed to pull his country music television show out of thin air. <laughs> I think my brother watches it. I think that's the only reason I knew. <laughs> Alex is just now realizing that Tim Allen is Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. We've been waiting for you. Do you know who plays Woody? Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. It's like the Macaulay Culkin of adults. Tom Hanks. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and by that I mean not like that not. at all, but it's Tom Hanks, and I wanted to give you a little bit of credit for something. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Zach, what in tarnation happens in Santa Claus? Right, you said Zach. That is an excellent question. The Santa Claus um, ventures to set out um, a set of rules for what it is to be Santa Claus uh, by defining what the Santa Claus with an E is. And apparently what that means is that if you accidentally kill Santa Claus and put on his clothes, you're Santa Claus now. That's how the rules work. say we're all screwed? Because I'm always scared I'm going to kill Santa. I'm constantly. At least every couple days I think, oh, I might accidentally kill Santa. Today. Yeah, and I don't want that. And I don't need that kind of responsibility. So Tim Allen um, works. His name is Scott yeah. Calvin. His, his initials are already SC. It's, it was meant to be. Um, works, oh, for nice. a, works for oh, a toy company. Um the name of which I do not know. Toys um, R Us. <laughs> yep. That's funny because I was just going to make an R Us joke and realize I actually said the one thing that <laughs> That's is one of R. the R. two of them, yes. It's probably a good thing he got out of that business then because yeah, ripped the Toys R Us. Uh, but uh, he's sort of the uh, absent stepfather or absent uh, divorced father uh, stereotype. He doesn't spend enough time with his kids and, and it's around the holidays now and uh, Santa comes to town and... Um, he hears some commotion on the roof, so he goes to investigate and accidentally knocks Santa off the roof of his home, who then evaporates, and then he puts on his clothes, and it turns out that's all it takes to become Santa Claus. Well, don't forget the rose-studded clatter. Yeah, I don't have any idea what any of that meant. I've never understood, so I was going to skip it. What's a clatter? I think it's a rose a rose-studded ladder? Yeah, it was a rose-studded ladder because, or a rose-such-a-clatter. Yeah, the, the rhyme goes up like a, a rose-such-a-clatter on the roof. There was noise. A and his rose, son asked, like, what is a rose-studded clatter? And he, like, reiterated is it's a rose-such-a-clatter. And then later... There's a ladder. And it says it rose-studded says, ladder. And he's like, what is this? It's It's nothing. It's nothing. That's all I can come up with is that it's nothing. But the movie then follows uh, Scott Calvin slowly turning into Santa Claus. Uh, jolly old belly like a bowl full of jelly and white beard and all. Um, and he, he learns to the real meaning of the season, which is that somebody has to be Santa Claus or else kids are going to be sad. And I think that's <clears throat> what uh, 
Christmas is really all about. (laughs) (laughs) The true meaning of Christmas is that kids will get sad if they don't get toys. So, Cam, I think you said this is the first time you've seen this movie, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. So, my first thought was, um, there were a few moments in this that kind of made me mad. And I have to be honest, the first one is when he was sleeping with his watch on. I don't know why, but that <laughs> really, oh, that's really made me yes. mad. Where he woke up and immediately looked at his watch, and I said, that's, yeah, that's wrong. That's a nightmare. Like, you're an entirely too powerful person <clears throat> if you could fall asleep with a watch on. I my also, wife sleeps with her Fitbit on. I think that's weird. I'm sorry, Melody. I think that's weird. Why are you saying I'm sorry, Melody? She's not in the room. You're right. Yeah, she's definitely not sitting here with us. She's here in spirit. Um, my other... So there were two other things. One that like didn't make me that mad. It was just kind of uncomfortable. And then one that genuinely has had me thinking all day. Um, the interaction between him and Judy the elf, where he said, you look good for your age. And yeah. she said, I'm seeing someone in rapping. Weirdest yeah. moment in the movie. I yeah. was so uncomfortable. Yeah, I remember that. Hey, speaking of speaking of elf relations, uh, <laughs> when this movie like had its resurgence, uh, like when the sequels came out and when people were thinking about it again, like while I was in college, there was a period of time when like everybody I knew was talking about how hot Bernard the elf was, and I don't know how to feel about that. It's weird. Also, it's weird that there's one tall elf in this movie. Yeah, and he's very the clearly is. the boss. I yeah. don't know. That's that's how elf society works. Well, the tallest elf is the <laughs> boss elf. His character develops that's as you go on through the Santa Claus movies. Yes. If you knew more about the Santa Claus cinematic universe, you would know <laughs> that Bernard's responsibilities increase as he gets taller, and that would explain the elf hierarchy to you more clearly. Is that what survival of the fittest is? <laughs> is, that, is this what Darwin That's is social Darwinism. Whoever's the tallest is going to have the most money. God. I can't wait to title this social Darwinism and Santa Claus, <laughs> the Point Type Podcast. Okay, but can I talk about the one thing that makes me mad about movies like this? Yeah, what makes and you mad? So we're recording two movies. Like, in this sitting, where the whole idea is that Mm -hmm. people don't believe in Santa. Uh Uh-huh. If we're gonna have a movie where Santa objectively exists... If Santa is... Shouldn't they get it when presents are appearing in their house that they cannot explain? The concept of the movie is that Santa... This and Elf, that Santa has been bringing people presents every year, but the parents are like, nah, I do that. They're a kayak just appeared overnight and they don't think Santa's real? Somebody put a dog in my house and it wasn't me. I Nobody will own up to it. You cannot it has not to be believe Santa. in Santa. At the start of the movie when the child is in the sleigh going probably a million miles an hour with the small puppy <laughs> not no. strapped in, neither of them. No. Does that cause you any worry? Yeah, a lot. quite a bit. It, it would be so easy among to the clouds out. with the puppy. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be good for either of them. I just, There's I'm not so as much mad. air up there. It's got to be bad for you. <clears throat> but no, you're absolutely right, and I've thought about this before. Any movie where the bit is like, Santa's real and let's hang out with him, but then people don't believe in Santa, it does that makes sense. no sense. Because if Santa's real but people don't believe him, it just means that all parents are the worst or stupid. Right. How do they not explain the presents for their kids that they're like, mm, I didn't get this mom. How about what? the fact that they're also getting presents from Santa? Yes! I don't know! Where do they know. think those come from? Neil is the worst! Yeah. Is it maybe just well, uh, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, I look over at my wife, and I'm like, it happened again. Great job, honey. Wink, wink. And she's just assuming the same of me. And you spend your entire life not wanting to admit that you didn't get them that, so then every year there's a new thing that each of you were like, uh, sounds yeah, like Sounds like an welcome. extremely human thing to do, It actually. does. But, if, <clears throat> but Santa's been around 
the actual Saint Nicholas was alive like hundreds of years ago, which means that Santa Claus has been operating for quite some time now, which means that you're telling me not in hundreds of years would anybody have ever been <clears throat> like, hey, I didn't get you that. I don't know where it came from. Do you think Santa's real? <laughs> right! That's what I'm saying! Okay, now, new question. How many mysterious presents would have to show up before you got to, like, I think maybe Santa's real? Because how long would you go, hmm, maybe, like, my mom, like, had a spare key and, like, left it in my house and, like, haha, that was her bit. And then if that wasn't it, maybe be like, well, I don't know, maybe, like, my landlord was leaving gifts for people, I guess. That's kind of weird, but it could be. If it how happens long, every year? How long would it take you to get to, I guess Santa must be real. Two Three years, years two or years. one stocking of coal for my kid where I say, <laughs> I didn't do that. I would never do that to my child. <laughs> that one time. One time of that, I'm sold. One of those, for sure, the, the jig is up. <laughs> when, okay, can I ask y'all, when did you, if any kids are listening, please turn this off. When when did y'all did y'all's parents do like the whole Santa Claus thing? For a little while. Like, I, when did you stop believing? Probably I I don't remember exactly. I think it was like like kindergarten, like that Christmas of my kindergarten year was the first one where I was like, there is no Santa. Right. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but I do remember as soon as I found out, I immediately told my sister. <laughs> <laughs> and I, then we, and then I got in trouble. And the only rule was that's it's too late now, but don't tell the other one. And she still believes. And she and Abby still believes in Santa oh. <laughs> to this day. Alex, that's so sweet. Um, you ruined it for Nathan, and I know you. No, did. I didn't. <laughs> I ruined a lot of things for Nathan. <laughs> But this was not one of them. I was very good. I I was maybe in like fifth or sixth grade. <laughs> Zach, you said kindergarten. Good. God. I'll probably get fact checked on that, but I think it's something like that. Um, and then my mom just basically assumed that I didn't believe anymore. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> and then we had a conversation. And then my biggest fear was always that whenever my brothers would find out, they would tell the younger brothers. I was the protective one. <laughs> like, Nathan, you cannot be a jerk and tell Jacob. Uh, but I think recently, I'm guessing that we're all on the same page now that my youngest brother is 14. But... I've never had the conversation with them. <laughs> Do you ever think you might just want to check in just to be like, hey. I don't want to ruin anything. Hey. <laughs> hey, Christmas is exciting, right? Let, let's let's role play this. So, <laughs> you be your brother, I'll be you. Okay. Hey, it's almost Christmas. That's pretty fun, right? Want to play Among Us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna make my name Santa on mine. What are you going to make your name? H. Great choice. Man, Santa, that'd be that'd be wild if that was real, right? Have you played the new Assassin's Creed? <laughs> yeah, Valhalla, it's super good. But it'd be wild if that's if Santa was real, right? Uh, uh, Alex. Awkward silence. <laughs> Stop. Stop what? What are you talking about? Stop. And that's how the conversation would go. And then we'd probably just start talking about fantasy football. <laughs> See, but my out was going to be that if he thought Santa was still real, I could be like, no, like in the game. Like if there were aliens on, on a spaceship and you had to, oh. they were trying to kill. See, you got to give yourself an, a creative out mm. in the conversation. I was really way too dedicated to being Hunter. I respect and, that. And you did a good job. I respect the yeah. method acting that occurred in this room today. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> I was very deep into it. So... 
we do a thing at the podcast, right? Sometimes. Where we try and take... We've done it before. We try and take a, a, a small maybe five, ten minutes of what is supposed to be a good 45 minutes to an hour. And we try and do a Jesus talk. We try and figure out the whole point of the podcast is not for us to be stupid, even though it kind of is at this point. We're is pivoting. For us to find our faith and find our relationship with God in our everyday life and the everyday things, the things we consume. Because God is not a part of the Christian genre. He's a part of something so much bigger. So, when I watch this movie, there is one big theme that pops out to me. And guys, I know if you've seen this movie, you're going to think the big theme is faith because they come out and say it. Um, but we're not going to do that. No, <laughs> no, that's too easy. No, no we, we are do deep and rich theologically here at the Plains. And if we were going to do a faith movie, we would do the Polar Express anyway. Or Elf. Or, or Elf. <laughs> Listen to that episode. <laughs> or the Grinch. Uh, uh, or basically the Grinch. Uh, but I sure. think the thing that that I am really struck by, and maybe it's because personally the way my life has worked out, is this is a movie about the tension of calling. The tension of when God tells you to go do something or what you are made to do, a lot of times I think our first reaction is, no, I like this other thing, or no, this is too hard, or no, everyone expects me to do this other thing. Um, and we spend a lot of time running from it and denying it and being in complete denial um, and eventually, even if we don't like it, God is going to have us where we've been called. No matter what that path looks like, we're going to get pulled there eventually, whether we fight or not. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think I think that's real, and I think this idea of you know, just like Santa Claus, it is just <laughs> as real as Santa Claus. Um, oh no, we're mixing our metaphors. <laughs> I think the other layer of this is sometimes you just like really suck at the thing God's called you to. Yeah. And you kind of get in this weird position of like, am I called to do this because I'm not like naturally really good at it? And I'm somebody who like, I want to be good at things the first time. And if I'm not, I'm frustrated. It's why I tried learning guitar eight times before I actually stuck it out because my fingers didn't do the things they were supposed to for a while. Like naturally, that's like something we want. Um, and so when you aren't good at the thing that you feel God is really calling you to, like there's two levels of this frustration. There's one, I don't want to be doing this in the first place. And the second is I'm mm -hmm. also not good at it. And it can bring doubt into, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, which is why, you know, I'll always talk about motivations and things like that and like making sure that, that they're in the right place. But I think it makes it difficult and we can be like, um, like Scott in this movie where we just don't really know how to go about it because we're not good at it. We don't have the right attitude. We don't approach it in the right way and we kind of make a mess of things for a little while. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the like flip side of that same coin, I think, is while he, he isn't good at it in the movie, like it's not what he is ne necessarily drawn to, it is kind of where his gifts lie. Like he yeah. worked in toy manufacturing already, I mean <clears throat> toy sales, but... He worked in toys, but, like, is all curmudgeonly about Christmas. Great word. Thank you. And then he becomes actual Santa Claus, and he's like, I don't know how to do this. But at the same time, he's, like, a guy who makes toys for a living. Yeah. So it's not, like, completely out of pocket. It's just outside of what he ever would have guessed that he could do. 
and it's outside of what he would have naturally chosen to do. But that doesn't mean there isn't like he hasn't been given something already that makes it work for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think a lot of times we talk about being confused about our calling and and not necessarily knowing like how to enact the thing that we think we're supposed to be doing. But it's because we haven't yet uncovered some of the gifts that we've been given and haven't yet like identified some of our own abilities in places that we haven't been forced to exercise yet. And is as we go down that road of obedience, of moving towards our calling, that's when we start to understand how the gifts that we've been given work and what a lot of times what gifts we've been given in the first place. Yeah. I, I really believe that. So for me personally, my story in a small batches I, I believe i have a strong call into ministry and specifically into church planning i think god's really pulled me into that and i know this um because of the circumstances that i've been put in and then when i tried to run away and i tried to take jobs um, in other industries or in other fields i just fell flat on my face and it became really apparent to me really obvious to me that like God called me into this and it's going to be hard sometimes, but it's what I was made to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot of times I was in the same boat, kind of like Scott Calvin. Also, by the way, sounds like he should be in like a super cool action movie. Yeah. Like Scott, Scott Calvin is almost, it feels iconic as a name. It kind of does. It yeah. should be. And it's kind of sad that it's in this Santa Claus movie. <laughs> are you saying Scott like Calvin should have been Scott John Calvin Wick. Scott Calvin and John McClane like, are like one and the same. Yeah. That's, that's it sounds like new. a John McClane name. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell me his name was Scott Calvin. I'd be like, yeah, it is. Killer. <laughs> I'm with it. Um, but in the movie, he spends so much of it running from it in denial or trying to just outright lie about it um, when it's clear what he's supposed to be doing and I think we all a lot of us do the same thing uh, we will run towards what's comfortable run towards using the same gifts God's given us to do what we're supposed to do but using them in a way that's a lot more fun and comfortable um, mm -hmm. than instead digging into if God has gifted me this way how is he using that for me how am I using that to live out what he's called me to? And it's all, not even close to all the time ministry. Um, but it's how can I be involved with this company or this organization? Or how can I be involved to help the poor? Or how can I help the needy? Or how can I fight for those, uh, fight for the marginalized? Or how can I do this, this, or that? How can I use the gifts God has given me to, to really dive into the purpose to do something bigger and greater, even if I don't necessarily think it sounds super fun in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, and uh, the most common a lot of times element of that is, like, how can I just be really good at the thing that I'm doing so that people will look at that and go, what's different about that person? Right. And using just whatever the thing that you're doing is and letting that be your mission field. Letting work be your ministry, even if that work isn't the ministry, you know? I think we get a lot of times wrapped up in like, well, the church happens at church. And ministry happens either at the church or on a mission. And then 
anywhere else can be kind of separated from that. But I think, you know, we're called to use those, those gifts all the time. So even if you're, if your gift is for accounting, be an accountant who is fully committed and is doing everything they can for their clients and then making other accountants go, why is that person different? Why is that person not being self-serving? Why is that person like fighting for the little guy in, in their work? What makes them different? And that's where your gift is being used, even if it's not in a church setting, a ministry setting, in a nonprofit setting, you know? Yeah, and I think even within that, uh, there's an old Perry Noble uh, sermon that talks about how um, <clears throat> every Christian really has like two callings. They've got like a primary and a secondary calling. And the, the primary is basically to make disciples. Mm-hmm. And like it's the same for everybody. It's to, right. to use your skills to point people to Christ. And the secondary is often like how we end up doing that. And, and so I, I think sometimes you might have like a very specific calling of like, you know, you are supposed to like work in a church and you're supposed to do ministry and plant churches. But sometimes like it's not quite that specific. It's, hey, you've got some like skill sets mm-hmm. and, and you should use those, but like use them to point people to Jesus. And it's this idea of like oftentimes we let our secondary calling take precedent over our primary. And we even do it like working in the church. That's the whole idea of like the good Samaritan. The first right. two were like clergymen. They were people who worked at church who just mm-hmm. went past somebody. They missed an opportunity to point somebody to Jesus because they were so caught up in their secondary calling. Yeah. And so like, even though we can talk about how, um, you know, Scott Calvin's calling in this movie was to be Santa. His calling was to make people happy. Mm. And he yeah. did that as Santa. That was the opportunity that presented himself. And it's not the perfect analogy, but it's this idea of like your calling is to point people to Jesus and, and God's going to provide you opportunities to do that, but don't let the accounting job or your, your job as a student or, or as an engineer get in the way of your primary calling, which is just to point people to Jesus. Yeah. That's really good. You know what, um, points people to Jesus and makes people happy like Scott Calvin. Oscar Mayer wiener whistles? Silliness, baby. <laughs> Silliness. <laughs> so, yes. That was the most ridiculous yeah, that scene one queued up. That I have beautiful. ever seen. The Oscar Mayer wiener whistle is the best part of this movie, oh, and I will goodness. hear no other take. You know, when he blew that whistle, I was outwardly laughing. Neil's so got hard. a lot of problems because he should believe in Santa in this movie, but if Neil's got a couple things going for him, he's got that scene. And he's got them sweaters, man. I love Woo! those sweaters. I would rock those sweaters. I have rocked well, those sweaters. Let me say this. I would wear those sweaters. <laughs> I have rocked those sweaters. The idea sweaters. of rocking those sweaters Zach, is a little... Zach rocked a turtleneck a couple Sundays ago, and it was amazing. I wore a turtleneck a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yes. That clap wasn't going to be nice. I wonder if people still think awesome. we were on Skype until that If that moment. was the first moment that it they was They might scandal. still think we're on Skype. Yeah, well, I, just I just clapped. clapped. The- oh, I mean, Cam just clapped. <laughs> we, we, we simultaneously clapped. <laughs> we did it really good. Uh, Zach, I don't know what it is, but you said you have a silly something. I just, I want to talk about um, something that, it, it's my problem with the wider, the Santa Claus uh, cinematic universe. Okay. So, in the Santa Claus 2, the Mrs. Claus. Yeah. It's established that for the Santa Claus to, for Santa to be Santa Claus, he must have 
a Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Right? What happened to Mrs. Claus when Tim Allen knocked the, the old Santa off the roof? Because she's nowhere to be found anywhere in this movie. What? Is Mrs. Claus just a construct of the Santa Claus who also dies when he dies? Here's what I'm going to guess happened. all the elves knew that he died? The, because none of them seemed Claus, shocked none when of them Tim Allen surprised. came back. They were all like, yeah. oh, that's the new guy, I guess. <laughs> like, none of them. I think what happened was some of the top security elves... The, the Secret Service of Elves. They elves knocked. with Attitude? EWA? Yeah. Which on. was the weirdest thing? Yes, that's a wild <laughs> joke in this movie. They This was made in the 90s. It was fresh. <laughs> no, that was topical. Yeah. So they go and they knock on Mrs. Claus's door. And they deliver the news. She's heartbroken. And then, <laughs> so they mercy kill her? No, 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 no. They no, do no. with the 21 gun salute? No, no. Here's what happens. They... I was going to think of a candy cane joke with 21 guns, but I'll, I'll come back to that. <laughs> Here's what happens. They do it with confetti guns. <laughs> That's the joke. There it is. Um, they knock on the door. She, she goes to close the door to go mourn in her room. They look at her. They go, no. And they kick her out into the North Pole. <laughs> they just let her fend for herself. She is no longer allowed. She or, probably got killed by a polar bear in the coming days. Yeah, what if they turn Mrs. Claus into a reindeer? And that's okay. how we always get new reindeer, is it's the Mrs. Claus from the Santa who's died. Um, Every previous Mrs. Claus just becomes a reindeer. Now, what happens if, if if the Mrs. Claus has a horrible polar bear accident just in a normal day when Santa Claus goes nowhere? Does that mean that a, like actual Santa Claus has to make his way down into the world somewhere and find a new Mrs. Claus? Yeah, yeah same way Scott Calvin did. The thing about it, though, is... Right, but he didn't know, and he like had friends beforehand. Like he had, he's like, he'd only been Santa for a year. If not, it wasn't the, like eight years or something. It wasn't that long. I thought. No, when I was reading the description. It was like he'd been Santa for eight years. It's been a long time. No, because the second Santa Claus came out in two thousand two, and the first one was like ninety seven. Okay, so maybe it's like five years, but still, he like knows people from the outside. Santa's immortal, right? So what if he goes like... No, he's not. <laughs> that is the whole point he, of this movie. Okay, Santa can't age. He can't die of old age. I think that's fair to say. So what if he goes like 150 years and like then dies in 2018, or then Mrs. Claus dies in like 2018, and Santa like can't be Santa anymore if he doesn't find a new Mrs. Claus? Does he have to show up in like NYC and download Tinder real quick and like... Like find somebody that would to be such a good. That's a good movie, right? Movie. We need to make that movie. I think we did talk about us making a new Christmas movie because they are kind of all the same. Every Tinder Christmas Santa, movie. Tinder Santa, <laughs> because Tinder is also another word for a, like a flame. It's chestnuts roasting on an open fire. That's the movie. Yeah, chestnuts roasting on an open Tinder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, we made a great movie. Chestnuts roasting on an open <laughs> Tinder makes me think of chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be in there too. Also, he falls in love with a woman who runs a chicken restaurant. It's a three part series. Accomplished. You know, there's We're a lot of fire Hallmark chicken tenders. Hit us up. <laughs> there are a lot of, apparently, when I'm Googling this to look <laughs> at uh, the Santa Claus 2, uh, there's speculation that the Santa Claus 4 may happen. Ooh. I would do anything. I really did love this movie. 
It's a lot of fun. But beside the Grinch, which is... Scott Calvin has been in the role of Santa for the past eight years, and his loyal elves consider him the best one ever. Oh. Okay, first of all... Did elves you, die? You can't know. I th- I think Bernard Bernard's not in the third one, and I think he dies in between the second and third one. What? I think you that's can't real. knock you him off. No, he's not in the third one. I know that. I'm pretty sure he dies in between movies. Can I ask what may be considered a political question? Oh no! Please do. Alex doesn't have to talk. All which time. which elf is the best throughout the entire Christmas cinematic universe? Who like who is the best elf in any Christmas movie? Yeah. Oh. Because you have the movie Elf, which does have a lot. It's got, got a bunch of them and one good one. Yeah. Well, well Papa Elf. Come on. Papa Elf is very good. Oh, that's... That's tough. Who's the best elf? It's gotta be Buddy. It's, no, it he's objectively the worst elf. No, he's very... He saves Christmas, Cameron. He's, he's the worst at being an elf. No, that's the plot of the movie. He fixed the sleigh and saved Christmas. He got kicked out of the North Pole because he couldn't make toys. What is an elf's number one job? Make what is toys. Its, what is its number one purpose? Make toys. That's its number two purpose. What's its, its number, number one purpose? Its <laughs> number one calling is to spread Christmas cheer, and nobody spreads Christmas cheer like Buddy the Elf. I would. Uh, we will get into this debate about <laughs> do- my level of Christmas cheer and elf. We're about when to do we a podcast. To the elf elf. We can't do this here. Okay, I think it's time because we're gonna we're gonna go down a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can do this all day. I think the answer is Buddy the Elf, I think so too. or or uh, the curly haired guy in this movie. What's his name again? Bernard. Bernard. Not I've Bernard, seen because I always want to say Bernard. I've seen like this movie a million Bernard. times. I've seen all three of the Santa Clauses several times, um, and I don't know anyone's name other than Scott Calvin. Um, and Santa Claus, but same person. Um, all right. I think now it's time for the greatest podcast game show name in the history podcast game show names on the greatest podcast game show in the history podcast game shows featuring your host, Zachary Kuyat. This is <gasps> Laffery with Zachary. Take it away. What up? This is a different Zachary who's going to be in charge of this segment. Um, what happened, what's crazy is that while you guys happened to look away for a second, the old Zachary died. Um, I accidentally, nice. I, I accidentally strangled him real quick, but <laughs> but then I put on his sweater, and so now I am him. Um, so you have his tattoo and everything. Yeah, I know. Like it's re- that like just appeared on my forearm a hurt? little bit ago. No, actually, I think that's probably the way to get tattoos from now on. Just kill people. Who kill have people who have tattoos. Wear their clothes. Harry Styles, come here. <laughs> but uh, what you guys? Uh, like, hi, it's nice to meet you. First of all. Um, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to, to be on the podcast with you both. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, uh, I don't know you guys, um, at all. Um, I'm but, Alex. Okay, cool. Um, before I was, I this, am Alex. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really confusing podcast you guys have done with everybody named Alex. And also there's a Zach. Two of them. That's confusing. To Alex, um, to Zach, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, before, I don't, I don't, I'm supposed to run this game, and I'm supposed to pick somebody to go first, but I don't know you guys. Before I was doing, I like, I was just, like, a college student before this. Does that apply to either of you? Y- y- yes. Oh, you're, perfect. Then I guess you're going first, Alex, number one. Ah, I go, to, I go yeah. to a fake Bible college that's accredited in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like he goes to real school, so he can <laughs> Zach, so, did you go to real school? 
um, I did, but since since the whole body switch thing, all I can think about is sing and dance college. <laughs> so yeah, I just go to talk college. <laughs> talk college. Uh, so you get to go first on. Um, um, we're gonna settle some contract law in this episode because I said we were gonna talk contract law. Sorry, not me, but you know the whole thing is it's gotten away it. from me. I get it. It is me now. That's who I am. Uh, basically, um, I've gone through and found some, uh, some fun stipulations in athletes' contracts from over the years. Um, and we're doing a multiple choice quiz about wild things that are in athletes' contracts. Please be the Jason Pierre Paul Kendall longer play with fireworks. No, I looked at it and I knew that you would know that. Dang it. Is that one of them? <laughs> it's not. But like, is, is that in his We'll talk about that in January. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's very simple. It's a multiple choice question. Also, technically, this this is a new version of this game called All of the Above, where every answer has an All of the Above question. God, because, that's the worst. Because you guys, you guys, athletes put crazy stuff in their contracts, <laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah, they do. Anytime <clears throat> I see All of the Above on a test, keep in mind I haven't taken a test since junior year of college. I try not to. Um, I always just pick All of the Above. I'm I like, do if they too. Put it it's going str- to be a struggle for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm being imbued with more and more knowledge as this goes on. So, Cam, you're going first this week. Cam, question number one is going to you. Mm-hmm. A Japanese team gave what aging MLB star a contract clause that included unlimited sushi? Is it A, Manny Ramirez, B, Adam Jones, C, Miles Michaelis, or D, all of the above? Adam Jones. I'm sorry, the correct answer was Manny Ma- Ramirez. Manny uh. Ramirez had a, cl- a clause in his contract that he could get as much sushi as he wanted catered you said from the aging. stadium. He's not still in the game, is he? He played in Japan in 2017. Good lord. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wild. I know, right? I was thinking current player. No. Miles Michaelis played... Then came back to the stage. Yeah, that's why I thought the thing. answer was going to be Michaelis. You got the Cardinals fan all wrong. I though. know. I thought that one might go to you, and I thought it might be enough to throw you off. It would have. But you thought it might go to him. You made the game. Yeah, I didn't know who was going first when I wrote it. I, <laughs> I just appeared in this role <laughs> five minutes ago. Alex, question number two is going to you. Due to being contracted by both the WWE and the UFC, Brock Lesnar. Cannot be punished for what? Is it A, alcohol use? B, steroid use? C, unscripted profanity? Or D, all of the above? Um, Which one of those can he not be punished for? It has to be unscripted profanity because steroids has to be able to get in trouble for him. It's going to be all of the above. I'm sorry, but the correct answer is all of the above. Brock Lesnar cannot be punished for any of those things because because of the fact that he is considered a part-time talent, he does not fall under the WWE's wellness clause, but because oh, he is WWE, I thought we were talking UFC. Be, but because no. he is conscripted to the WWE, UFC cannot technically punish him for any of those things. They can only not schedule him for fights. Wow. They can't, neither entity can punish him for any of those things. Is, is one of these a fun fact about Gronk? There is no Gronk in here. Okay, so you didn't include the one where currently, as an NFL player, he could be shown up and challenged for his belt in he the could, WWE. Yeah, that's one of my favorite on the field ones. playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Technically, because he holds a belt in the WWE, other superstars are allowed <clears throat> to challenge him at any moment. So if another superstar 
showed up <laughs> at a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, which theoretically could happen against the Chiefs tomorrow. Yeah. Another oh my gosh, yes. Right? Imagine how awesome that's going to be when this airs and it happened. <laughs> and it did happen. Another superstar could show up in the middle of the game and say, stop the game. I'm challenging Gronk for the belt now. <laughs> There's nothing I want more. We're in a 0-0 deadlock going into the second round of questions. Cam, question number three is to you. When Texas Rangers second baseman Rugnet Odor signed his extension in 2017, it included what signing bonus? Is it A, three Texas Longhorns, B, two horses, or C, a flock of 12 chickens, or D, all of the above? Please be three Longhorns. I want it to be all of the above, but I'm going to go three Longhorns. It's all of the above. I'm sorry, the correct answer is two horses. <laughs> when, the, when the Rangers re-signed Rugnet Odor, he got a signing bonus of two horses. <laughs> was that it? Was that the entire signing bonus? I mean, there was money also, oh, but okay. uh, I guess his mother owns like a, a ranch and he's always loved horses and the, tech, the, the Rangers knew that. So they said, what if we give him two quarter horses along with the rest of his money? Baseball contracts are insane. They're goofy. Alex, question number four is going to you. Yeah, it is. Which team agreed to pay quarterback Rick Myrer the entirety of his contract under any circumstances, quote, up to and including the end of the world? Is it A, the Green Bay Packers, B, the New York Jets, C, the Seattle Seahawks, or D, all of the above? <laughs> I think there's an obvious answer here. It's clearly the New York Jets. It's be the Jets. <laughs> it has to be the Jets. <laughs> Alex, I'm sorry. The Jets have, have become the perfect uh, decoy because the correct answer is C, the Seattle Seahawks. No! I was really hoping you'd say all of the above because there would be nothing how, greater. How funny would it be if three different teams were like, I mean, I guess. Uh, his agent at the time would later become Tom Brady's agent. So that's a guy who knows how to negotiate a contract. Yeah, come on now. I don't know. Tom Brady's always been kind of underpaid. You know, you're not wrong, but he also makes more money off of selling his own merch than he does playing football. I mean, true, but that's so. not because of his agent. Well, you know, that's a, that's a good point. But you know what else is a good point is that neither of you have any. Question number five is going to you, Cam. <laughs> disrespectful. What did my personal favorite baseball player of all time, Ichiro Suzuki, have included in his contract with the Seattle Mariners? Was it A, four round-trip tickets per year to Japan? B, his choice of either a Jeep or Mercedes SUV. C, $40,000 to rent a home in Seattle. Or D, all of the above. All of the above. All of the above. No way it's not. Strong agree. The correct answer is D, all yes! of the above. Ichiro's contract. This was after... Because well, I, knew, I knew A. I knew that was yes. one of them. He, so he got the round trip tickets <clears throat> to, to go back home to Japan. His contract... It's a long flight. You have to go all the way down and around the Americas. <laughs> yeah. Because yes. the earth is flat. Because the earth the is flat. Side. So you gotta go the long way. Well, it wouldn't be a round trip. His contract, though, also round included... Round is a circle. It doesn't have to be a globe. <laughs> earth is round. It's just not a globe. Earth, t- Japan time is, is a flat circle. Side. Everybody knows that. What? Is Japan just, like, on the bottom? No, it's on the other oh. end of the circle. I'll show you It's 180 degrees away from here. <laughs> it's a, Japan is 180 degrees away from Seattle. I, don't, I just think it's interesting... The earth is a pancake. <laughs> the earth is a salad correct <laughs> yeah. i just think it's interesting that he got a choice 
Like, it's your contract. Just tell them what vehicle you want. It's not, you don't have to give a choice. <laughs> and also that he was making, like, $90 million. And he said, but also, I do need $40,000 for rent. For housing, please. Thank you. <laughs> and, like, it's not even that much. Like, when you're, especially when you're making $90 million. But that rent is not unreasonable Mm-mm. if you're going to live like a professional baseball player. But that is one point for Cam. We got somebody on the board. Yeah, baby. <clears throat> We're sticking in baseball contracts for a second because they're my favorite. Alex. Yeah. Houston Astros pitcher Charlie Kerfield included what snack in a contract clause? Is it A, 37 boxes of orange jello? <laughs> B, 43 individually wrapped Star Crunch? C, a bag of 122 Black Forest gummy bears? Or D, all of the above? I was really going to say salad, sandwich, or all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> um... The answer is Star Crunch because they are the superior snack. Well, you're right that Star Crunch are the superior no! snack, but you're wrong because his number was 37, so he asked for 37 boxes of his favorite snack, orange jello. <laughs> because baseball <laughs> players are ridiculous. Because he is a lifetime hospital patient. Apparently, and that's all, and that's all he eats is jello. <laughs> he just gets his wisdom teeth out once a week, and all he can snack on is jello. Gets his wisdom teeth out once a week. Just constantly. He's having them put back in and then removed again. Cam, this is your chance to ice the game. You can go up 2-0 to zero with only one point left. And we're, we're taking it to the hometown here. George Brett's 1984 extension yeah. included 10% ownership of an apartment complex in what city? Is it A, Tallahassee, Florida? B, Carson City, Nevada? C, Memphis, Tennessee? Or D, all of the above? I'm gonna go Memphis. What an incredible poll. That is correct. George Brett became 10% owner of an apartment complex in Memphis, Tennessee for some reason. Who knows why? Not me. Alex, I'm still gonna let you answer this last question because it's important to me that you get your chance at redemption. I don't really want to, but go ahead. It's too bad. You have to. <laughs> That's I think this podcast is gonna end I think, quick. I think you'll like this one. In 2009, the then New Jersey Mets offered Tony Batty $100,000 incentives for what season averages? Was it A, playing in 50 games and averaging 8 rebounds? Was it B, playing in 50 games and averaging 5 free throw attempts? Was it C, playing in 50 games and the team making the playoffs? Or was it D, all of the above? All of the above. Alex, that is correct. Yeah. Tony Batty only played in 15 games that season, but he, <laughs> he could have earned $300,000 had he played in 50 and been okay. Decent. <laughs> decent enough. Had he been decent and played in Five attempted free throws is not great. Yeah. And then he made the playoffs. I don't think they even made the playoffs that year, but it didn't matter because he played 15 games. 2009 Nets probably did not make the playoffs, no. But I mean, Cam, was... you won this week's game. All of the above. Yeah, I did. You did excellent work. Okay, let's move on. So, I, Wait, I can have... I ask you the bonus question? Because I want to see if you guys know this. Yeah, yeah bring you it up. might know this. What year does the famous Bobby Bonilla contract end? 2025. 2030. Is it 35? It's 2035. Yeah, it's 35. <laughs> I the it Bobby Bonilla contract still has 15 years on it. That's wild. <laughs> He's a legend. He's a legend. He's incredible. Um, so here's the thing. Baseball contracts will be 37. Yeah, we will be old. (laughs) Ouch, I never want to be 37. Well, we'll be 35 when Mahomes' contract is up. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) It's Um, pretty awesome. 
That's exciting that we're going to be good until we're at least 35. <laughs> I mean, I'm dying at 27 because I'm going out with the legends. You got to go You got to go with the, the money. Here. Speaking of the legends, <laughs> I've asked you guys both yeah. in previous podcasts, hey, wh- what should we do for January? You know, we got a new format. We're, we're new. We're improved, maybe. I Fingers think. Crossed. We're new. We're definitely new. Um, and so I, I want to bring to you guys my recommendation. Okay. What you got? It's called New Year, New Me. Okay. And what we do is we take some of the wildest and craziest makeovers that actors have had and their very next project after that. Alex, this was almost the one I was going to <laughs> This is actually a really interesting idea. I like it a lot. Like crazy rebrands that actors have gone through mm-hmm. and then we do their next thing. Yeah. Like we do like... Like, Jim Carrey was sad for a little bit, so we do Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes, beautiful. Dave Chappelle's, like, entire career. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do Paradise Valley on in that season. Yes. Yes. What's the, what's the next album after Britney went bald? I can't help you. I can't, I can't tell you the one. We do that one! Before she went bald. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have told you any of that. Miley Cyrus's entire career. Yeah, we do the Wrecking Ball album. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, Alex, just because this is really connected to what you said, mine was going to be New Year, New Me, um, and we just review um, The Biggest Loser. Funny. (laughs) I thought you were going to say that we we rent a bunch of self-help tapes. And then we just that would be yeah, we just Tony Robbins Robbins and Jason Capital. Yes, that would be great. (laughs) And Gary Vee, those three. We just reviewed Gary (laughs) Vee tweets for a whole month. So I think we did a good job. Um, If you want somebody's job, kill him. This is the Plain Time Podcast. Peace out. Girl Scout. I'm gonna go see if I can find somebody else to take on this form. (laughs) 